0: Welcome to the Amore Podcast, here on amorepodcast.com. I'm Larry Gilbert. On this episode, I talk to Keith Howland, longtime guitarist for the legendary rock band Chicago. Keith has been with the band for 22 years, joining them in 1995 after having won the band over at an audition. Chicago was the first American rock band to chart top 40 albums in six consecutive decades. The band was inducted into the 2016 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The band's new documentary film, Now More Than Ever, The History of Chicago, premiered at the Sedona International Film Festival in February of this year. Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire will once again embark on a North American co-headlining tour this fall. And I don't think I need to tell you much more about this band that you might not already know. So here's my conversation with Chicago guitarist Keith Howland. And I appreciate you taking some time to do this. No worries. On a personal level, how did you connect with the band and become a part of it all? In the beginning, like how how did it all start for you?
1: Well, it's a very long, convoluted story, but um, essentially, I was I was living in L.A. and I had in the early '90s I had done um, I did a summer tour with Rick Springfield. I did a little bit of work with Patty Smythe from Scandal. Um, I was playing a little bit with. Uh, Warren Hill, who's a, a jazz saxophonist. Um, and about mid-1994, I was sort of out of work and looking for the next gig or tour or what have you, and I started making phone calls. And um, early January of 1995, I got a phone call from one of the guys I'd reached out to who happened to work at a re- rehearsal studio in North Hollywood um, he called me up and he said hey man you know I, I know you were looking for work and um, Chicago's were auditioning guitar players down here today and i said cool man thanks thanks for the heads up I hung up the phone and i basically poured myself another cup of coffee and went oh well better luck next time you know i, wish yeah. I had more lead time on this but you know it's happening today and um, at that point, I had been reading Tony Robbins' books and listening to his audio tapes, and sort of the little Tony Robbins on my shoulder sort of yelled in my ear, you know, take action, go, go see if you can make this happen. <laughs> so I uh, I threw all my gear in my car and I drove down there and I uh, I basically. Um, caught Jason Chef in the parking lot and begged him to uh, get the guy's to listen to me, to which he, he took my phone number and said, well, let me, you know, we're, we're all full up today, but let me call you. And, yeah. you know, I got a call from him later that day and he said, uh, you know, we've added that extra day on tomorrow and um, here are the six songs we're going to let do. And, so uh you know I went down and I played six songs with the band they offered me the gig so it was uh very uh precarious there as to uh you know one decision to to not go down there would have changed my life dramatically
0: yeah totally um, and like you mentioned, you joined the band in 95, so you've been with them 21 years, and they've been touring 49 consecutive years. So what do you think is the secret to the longevity of the band, staying together and, and being able to, to continue to perform all these years later?
1: Well, I would say there's probably two two keys to that. And one would be sort of the, the visionary concept that uh, Jim Garcia had of the band um, when they originally... You know, came about and hopefully I'm not incorrect in this, I'm pretty sure it was Garcia's thing that um, the band was going to be known for its music and its logo and they weren't going to put pictures of the band on the album covers and they weren't going to make it a you know Robert Lamb is Mick Jagger or it was just this is Chicago and this is music and still to this day, you know the band has actually the the privilege and the ability to still be somewhat faceless. you know, Robert and Jimmy can go to the mall and buy shoes and do this and do that. and nobody, you know, unless you're a true super fan of the band, you don't you don't get hassled or recognized. and the the upside to that is, band has been able to survive personnel changes and that was conceptually what Garcia was thinking you know if this thing's going to be able to live for a number of years you know any band that survives that long is going to have personnel changes and you know if yeah, the rolling that... stones lose mick jagger they're going to lose a lot of a lot of their fan base
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, when when you put it that way, that's so true. Uh, when you think about bands and and certain members, and you know, people know certain members of certain bands. But when it comes to Chicago, everybody's heard of them, but not necessarily. You know, one individual uh, stands out from from another in that band. Uh, so I totally Absolutely. agree with you. Absolutely.
1: If, if you if you go up to pretty much anybody who is not, you know, who is maybe in their their. 40s or 50s or even 30s and you say you know what do you know of the band chicago and you go oh i love chicago and if you say what who's your favorite member of the band you're gonna get oh gosh i'm not really sure who's that guy that sings i uh, you know <laughs> yeah you might get up you might get a peter satara because he did become probably the only like face of the band in the 80s with the Foster ballads and MTV yeah. there was a there was a second of that that happened but for the most people most part um, people are just like oh yeah I love Chicago and they can't tell you who's in the band or anything else so you know yeah you know in the horns and the you know that, that's that's kind of how it how it goes so, yeah well, mm-hmm. uh, answer your question though. I, I was going to. say there, There's sort of two pieces to it. One is the sort of anony- anonymity part, and number two is the the uh, the catalog of songs. Um, if we didn't have the strength of material that people just don't get tired of hearing, and and the timeless classics that the band wrote, um, you know, this this wouldn't wouldn't keep moving you know yeah it's you know saturday in the park does anybody really know what time it is um just you and me uh, make me smile i mean these songs are
0: they're timeless yeah so that's the other key and kind of a follow-up question to that where they've had so many hits do you have a particular favorite yourself having played these songs so much do you ever get tired of playing them
1: you know what? That's a good question because um, I don't get tired of playing any of them, to be honest with you, and that's that's the truth. Um, and you know, obviously, twenty-five or six to four would probably be a personal favorite because number one, it's it has a three-minute guitar solo, and, and number two, it's uh, it's. Um, You know, the encore that closes out the show. So that's kind of where the the peak energy level is. But, um, you know, truthfully, um, you know, when you're in a band and you're playing with guys that are, that are such great musicians and it just feels so good every night, um, I, I don't get tired of doing that. You know, it's, um, it's just, it's always fun. And no matter, you know, last night it was the third show in a row. We had a seven-hour bus ride into the into the the gig, and and um, I was running on kind of not enough sleep and just kind of tired and wasn't feeling it. But as soon as we started playing, you know, the music picks you up and carries you through. So
0: talking about the longevity of the band, you guys have won you know, so many awards over the years, including many Grammys, but this year uh, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So would you say that that's kind of like the top honor for the band? Or was there another standout moment or something where you're like, wow, you know, this is just a great honor and I just can't believe this. Um, so was it being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
1: Well, I will I will tell you this. Um, I've been with the band for almost 22 years and we've, you know, performed for you know, several times for president Clinton. Um, we played at the, um, on the lawn of the Capitol building on the 4th of July. Uh, this year we just did three sold out nights at the Hollywood bowl with the LA symphony. Um, there've been a lot of really high points. Um, but for me personally, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was probably the most special. Um, you'd have to ask the other guys. I'm sure it's a high point for them as well. But, yeah. but for me, um, it sort of put everything in perspective for me because I sat in the crowd and watched purple get inducted and steve miller band get inducted and i and i watched our guys give their acceptance speeches um and then i got up from the table and went up to the stage and performed three songs including 25 or 6 to 4 with the band that just got inducted and it was kind of a a pinch-me moment because I kind of watched it from a fan perspective from a I grew up listening to these guys and I love this band and I'm I'm so happy for them to get in Uh to now I'm standing on stage soloing on 25 or 6 to 4 and looking at Cheap Trick watching us perform (laughs) from the (laughs) stage and going wow this is a trip yeah. and uh you know so it was really kind of a, a little out of body experience for me um, cause you know after all these years I you know the pinch be moments have kind of gone a little bit by the wayside. you know I've, I've come to, come to terms with the fact that that I'm actually part of the band Chicago and and um you know but uh yeah, that, I mean, that day, it just sort of kind of blew my head up again.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, you're just as much a part of the band as, as anyone. You know, 20, what, 22 years? I mean, that's a that's a really long time to be in, in any band. So, you know, you're just as Absolutely. much a part of the band. Uh, what's one piece of advice that you could give a young musician that maybe wants to follow in your footsteps and what they should do to, to kind of pursue, you know, a career like you've had?
1: Well, you know, my advice to anybody that wants to play music for a living would be that number one, um, you got to be passionate about it. You got to love it. You gotta, you gotta really want it because you are gonna. That there is no. I mean, I guess in this day and age, you know, in the, the American Idol and the Voice and that kind of thing, maybe, maybe there is like a go win a contest and be a star. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, the truth of the matter is, is it, it takes. Persistence, hard work, and um, sticking around long enough until something happens. Because there is a lot of luck involved. There is a lot of uh, um, timing involved. You know what, what? do they say? It's luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Uh, that's really the truth. You know the fact that I made those phone calls and. The fact that, that my buddy called me on the day that he did and, you know, that I had the wherewithal to go down, and give it a shot, yeah. put me in a position to get the gig. So, you know, the first thing is, is to, is to be good at what you do. The second thing is, is to go put yourself somewhere where you're going to have, um, opportunity. You know, I've been asked several times by guys, you know, you know, I, I, I'm in, uh, I live in Topeka, Kansas, and I'm, I'm trying to get a gig. And, and I, you know, what I tell them is, well, you know, if you're in a band and you have a band and your band is, is doing great things and you're getting a lot of looks on YouTube and this and that and the other, then, you know, you may have a shot. If you're trying to actually land a gig with an established artist, you better either move to Nashville, New York, or L.A. Because they're not gonna come find you in Topeka. Yeah. You know. So geographically go somewhere where the opportunities are, um, and stick around long enough for the for the luck
0: part of it to happen. Okay. That would be,
1: okay. that would be my recommendation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. And unless
1: you're unless you're lucky enough to be, you know, Arnell Pineda and Neil Sean from Journey finds you on YouTube, and <laughs> you know.
0: So when you're not touring and you do have downtime to kind of get away from it all, and you're not recording, uh, what do you do to to get away from it all? You know, not music related, to unwind or, or just kind of step away from it all.
1: <laughs> you know, um, you know, I'm in a position where music is my career and it's also my hobby. Um, so. I continue doing other musical endeavors um, you know I do I go home and I'm dad um, to my two daughters and to my husband and my wife and I cook meals and help out around the house and um, and I love uh you know I love football I like that football seasons coming up I love watching pro and college football but but I still um You know, I still like to make music as as my leisure time activity. And, um, you know, I have a band with uh, uh, John Cowan and and Ed Poke who are both touring with the Doobie Brothers, which right now we're called Secret Agent Orange. Uh, We got a few tunes on iTunes right now and we're finishing up a record. And, um, you know, so that's that is. That's what I do to unwind. <laughs>
0: All right. <other> music. <laughs> um, and have have your family? Have they always been supportive of your career? And is it, is it tough on them? You know, for you to go on the road as long as you do? And are they ever able to come out and, and join you on a few dates or, or things like that? Well,
1: of course, it's it's that is the one one aspect being a touring musician. Now, of course, when I when I first started touring with the band, I didn't have kids, and um, so it wasn't uh, really that big of a thing. But, um, you know, now with a, a full-on family and, you know, sure, it's, uh, you know, my kids don't know any different. Um, you know, when I pack my suitcase and I say, I'll see you guys in five weeks, you know, nobody's crying and everybody just says, you know, okay, dad, you know, I'll see you in five weeks because
0: yeah. that's all they've
1: ever known. Um, but is it hard? Sure. And it's specifically hard on my wife because you know um, when I leave then all of a sudden she's a single a single mother yeah eventually um, so yeah I mean it's it, it, those are the those are the sacrifices but she's you know she's very supportive and that that's what it is and in my life I'm never able to actually slide into a consistent routine. You know, yeah. on the road that's one routine I come home and then I have to slide into a different routine yeah. and then three weeks later I'm sliding into another one so uh, while it keeps it interesting it never seems to ever settle
0: yeah sure <laughs> you know? sure
1: so that's, that's sort of how it is I probably spent more time I forget who I told this to the other day you know Tristan Bowden, our drummer, is—he uh, sleeps in the bunk directly across from me on the tour bus. And I've probably, in the last 21 years, spent more time sleeping across from Tristan Bowden than I've slept across from my wife. <laughs> you know, and that's—that's the, that's the truth of it. Yeah, that's the truth of
0: it. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's funny. Uh, All right. Well, thanks so much for taking some time to do this. I appreciate it, and best of luck to you and and your career and and all your future tour dates and everything with the band. That was Keith Howland, guitarist for the legendary rock band Chicago. To check out more on Chicago's upcoming tour dates with Earth, Wind & Fire, you can visit their website at chicagotheband.com. You can like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Official. And you can also follow them on Twitter at ChicagoTheBand. Until next time, I'm Larry Gilbert, and this is the Amore Podcast here on AmorePodcast.com. Find Amore Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and YouTube.